coming to you from the apocalyptic winter wasteland that is our studios in Central Texas. It is the Book and Film Globe podcast, hosted by me, Neil Pollock, the editor-in-chief of Book and Film Globe, www.bookandfilmglobe.com. We cover the worlds of books and film and streaming TV and much more. We're going to talk to our critic, Stephen Garrett, about the corny new melodrama Knock at the Cabin from director M. Night Shyamalan. But first, Stephen and I will be joined by Sarah Stewart, another one of our excellent film critics, to preview this year's Oscars. We're going to talk about all the nominations and who we think is going to win and lose. I guess there's no other choice but winning and losing. Maybe a second place award would be nice once in a while. In any case, Stephen and Sarah and I will be right back after this self-produced musical interlude to talk about this year's Oscars. It's a special edition of the Book and Film Globe podcast this week. It's an annual tradition. We've been doing it for at least one year, maybe two, possibly even three years, uh, running down the Oscar nominations and talking about who we think are the favorites to win. For a publication this size, it is truly unique that we have not one, not two, but three Rotten Tomatoes approved film critics on Call on retainer at all times. There's me, of course. I, my reviews are often called the um, the fuel that runs the engine that is Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and we have Sarah Stewart and Stephen Garrett as well, and they're both here with me today to talk about this year's Oscar nominations. Hello, guys. Hello. All right. So, without further ado, let's go to our Best Picture nominees. Now, keep in mind, we're not talking about which movies we think are the best movies uh, that were nominated, because that is you know, subjective and infinitely up for debate. Although, um, you know, Avatar The Way of Water is definitely not the best of the 10 movies nominated. But really the idea is to talk about which movies we think are the most likely to win. And we have, uh, you know, I remember when there were five, of course, there were five movies nominated for Best Picture and one of them by law had to star Meryl Streep. Um, (laughs) This year there are 10 and none of them have Meryl Streep anywhere in them. So uh, things have really changed. In Hollywood, I, I don't know. I, I like this year's selections. It's a nice mix of high and low, popular and unpopular, I guess, for lack of a better term. You know, we have Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inisherin, Triangle of Sadness, The Fablemans, All Quiet on the Western Front, which mostly airs on Netflix, Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, and Tar. I have seen all 10 of these. All ten, I saw women. Nice, yeah, right? nicely done, Neil. Yeah, I, I win. I, I I saw women talking this week, and that completed my. Uh, I guess it's a hat trick, a triple hat trick. Um, you know, my my take on the best picture nominees is, you know, whatever I liked aside, I think that the three movies that have a chance of actually winning are uh, The Fablemans, Tar, and everything, everywhere, all at once, which got the most nominations of any film across all categories. Uh, so th- I would I would put those as the front runners. Um, you know, Top Gun Maverick is a popular choice, but come on, that's not going to win Best Picture. The Banshees of Inisherin is like everyone's fourth choice. Uh, Triangle of Sadness is is a foreign language film that I, I feel like goes a little. You know, it, it's not going to win. And either is all quiet on the Western Front, and Avatar is also not going to win. Anyway, I was wondering what you guys uh, considered your favorites. 
I've, I've been saying, I've, I've been beating the drum for everything everywhere all at once. Um, I just, yeah. I don't want to jinx it, but I, I truly can't imagine a, a world in which it doesn't win. I just mm. think it sort of, it brings everything. It's got so much love brings everything everywhere. It. It's everything, everything everywhere. everywhere. And <laughs> it, it just, it encompasses so many genres. It's Michelle Yeoh. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you that the Fablemans and, uh, and what was the other one you put? Tar. The Fablemans. Tar. And, and, yeah, tar, tar, I think is a little too niche, frankly. I just, I just don't see it uh, sort of winning over as, as a, as a best picture, uh, maybe a best actress, uh, but, but I, I doubt for best picture. And Steven I Spielberg, I don't know. I feel jinxed because I, uh, I was kind of behind West Side Story. Uh, and that completely failed to materialize. Oh, I think the Fablemans has a much better chance than West Side Story. There, there's, yeah. a sort of a, there's a sort of a sentimentality about cinema to it, um, and you know, and at some point the Academy is going to give uh, Spielberg his career Oscar. And this, I, I feel like it could happen. You know, obviously everything, everywhere at once is uh, has a much broader audience and is a much more popular movie. And I think uh, you know it would be a much more interesting choice. Uh, along the lines of when the Academy gave the award to Parasite, um, which which uh, to, totally deserved. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to, again, I put it in my top three. So I think it definitely, definitely has a chance. I, I know my jaw was dropping when I saw it initially at South by Southwest. I went to, I saw the world premiere at, and I was like, this is beyond belief, this movie. Uh, Stephen, what do you think? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I totally agree with Sarah. And I think, um, I I really think it's just everything everywhere, like in the lead and then distant second and third and fourth and fifth or all the other films. I just don't see anything. I, I think people want to reward, uh, and I think the Oscars want to reward a movie that's popular, that uh, people have actually heard about and seen, that's actually original. Um, I think The Fableman sank like a stone. I think it, 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 yeah. it, it came out of the gate, stumbled, never had momentum. And kind of has disappeared, and people just don't. I mean, you're right. I, I think Academy. There is a question on Jeopardy asking about the Fablemans, and no one had heard of it. Oh my God! Well, see, Can I give you a little go. anecdote about that? Yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm marooned out here in Western Pennsylvania, and I went to see the Fablemans, and I showed up, and the projector was broken, so I could not wow. see it. And then I tried to go back the next week and see it, and it was gone already. So that's why I haven't seen it. Did you watch The Greatest Show on Earth instead? <laughs> yeah, and then recreate Just gazed in wonder. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad to hear you guys say that because I would not be pleased if The Fablemans won, personally. I just think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all about everything everywhere. And I think also, like, a movie like Tar, as good as it is, it's just so niche. It's so niche. Yeah. I think, actually, it would be delightful to see Top Gun Maverick win. I think I that agree. would be hilarious. I, I think it would be, be, such I think be hilarious. I don't think it's it going to happen, upset. though. It's not going to happen. Do you know what? You never know. If this is a, a weighted ballot, it, it could be the consensus choice. I think a lot of people would put it like second or third. You know, I don't think I, I don't see Banshee's getting best picture. No. I mean, it's no, no, it's no. a downer. It's a weird downer. I love it. It's a great movie. Love it but too. It's, not, it's 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 the kind of movie that gets nominated for best picture. It's not the kind of movie right. that wins best picture. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So that said. It does have a chance to win some acting awards, right? Oh, for sure. So we have actor in a leading role. Um, to me, well, the nominees are Austin Butler, who played Elvis, uh, Colin Farrell uh, from The Banshees, uh, and then Brendan Fraser from The Whale, Paul Mescal, uh, 
a movie called After Sun that people love, but I have not seen. And then Bill Nye from Living, which again is a performance that was much lauded, but has not crossed um, my transom. You know, I gotta, I, I would have to put, um, I don't know, that's kind of a close one, right? Like Austin Butler was incredible as Elvis. He, he could win. Um, Colin Farrell could win. And I think Brendan Fraser certainly could win. Yeah. I think Brendan Fraser should win, not for the whale, but just for being Brendan Fraser, because we all love him and are rooting for him. Wait, wait, wait. Can you unpack that? Because I don't understand that. This is not a career award because you loved Encino Man. (laughs) No, but that's what I don't understand. Like, Sarah, you've got to unpack that for me, because I had a friend when I was in Toronto and I was about to see the whale, a friend of mine was like, have you seen it? A friend of mine who's not a movie person at all. She was like, have you seen the whale? I love Brendan Fraser. And I was like, you do? Like, do people love Brendan Fraser? Like, he just seemed like a like a pretty boy hack. Like, he was just a hunk of meat who's charming enough. You know, he was kind of like a B-grade Harrison Ford. And that was 20 years ago. Like, I just don't understand the love. So, clearly it's out there. And this, you know, might be the reason he gets Best Actor. But why? I Can- genuinely think it's just a, it's, it's a case of kind of personality leading through all of the, you know, as you say, B-grade Harrison Ford roles that he had in the <laughs> 90s. I think there's just a tremendous amount of goodwill behind him, partially because of him coming forward about the the story about being uh, groped by a, a Hollywood foreign press dude. That is not, uh, that think, is not what's going to win him the Oscar. There is a, there is a, there's a narrative arc behind him that I think a lot of people are interested in. And I also think he just, he remains kind of a, a throwback to a lot of people's uh, kind of cinematic memories from the nineties. All right. So, uh, so mediocre yeah. though they be, I, so, I can so see he's this like all saying, throwback like, I, haven't, choice. I haven't seen the whale. I don't want to see the whale. The whale looks terrible, the but I'm still kind of rooting movie. for him. Okay, well, so, so, so what we're looking at is another one of these hilarious, ironic Oscar winners like Matthew McConaughey or Jared Leto. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Although Colin Farrell should win, if you ask me. Yeah, he was, Colin Farrell, he was I tremendous. I also, I also tremendous. really did love Austin Butler as Elvis, but I would my choice would be yeah. Colin. My choice would be Colin Farrell as well. All right, and we're, I have to say, can I can I add really quickly uh, a little bit of trivia? Apparently, this is the first time we've had a, a leading actor. A uh, group of nominees that are all first-time nominees, mm. like that is a, apparently very rare. And so it speaks to again. I think there's there's a lot of variety this year in a lot of the nominated categories. You yeah, know, whether it's best picture, best actor, etc. It's great. And well, and I want th- another thing I will say too is that there have been there are a lot of complaints in recent years that the Oscars are you know like last year's movie that won best picture is, is still hiding over on Apple TV Plus at Coda and no one has seen it. You know, this, <laughs> this year people have seen a lot of these movies. I mean, yes. you know, I mean, the Avatar, Top Gun, Elvis, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. These were all big box office movies, all, all of those. And, you know, even some of the minor ones have, have done pretty well for, for sort of uh, indie movies. So, you know, it's a little more relevant this year than it has been in past years. So we're going to move real quick to actor in a supporting role. Um, again, there's uh, some very nice choices here. You know, you got Brendan Gleeson from the Banshees of Inisherin, you know, all would be a fine choice. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry from a movie called Causeway that I haven't seen. Judd Hirsch chewing up the screen in The Fablements hasn't been nominated for an Oscar since Ordinary People, uh, which came out 75 years ago today. Uh, Barry Kagan from the, Ban- <laughs> from the Banshees of Inisherin, and then Kehi Kwan. From everything, Ugh. everywhere, all at once. He was fantastic. Come um, on, how can you I not? Mean, how yeah, you that's not? 
That's the narrative. That's the ironic, not ironic throwbacks. Eighties. Was short round winning? Short round winning? Oh yeah. Short round winning. I don't think he's going to win. I think Barry Kagan is going to win. That that's my. I mean, he is also amazing. That's a tremendous. That that is that that was a tremendous performance. Um, and I I mean, they're all great. They're all great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're really. Yeah, it's a good cat. It's it's a good group. Again, I would I would. I mean, Barry Kagan was was so good, and he's got a good narrative. I mean, he was a. You know, foster kid who you know, yeah. lived in thirteen different homes, and I think I don't. I don't Boxed his way out of obscurity or whatever. Stumbled into an audition. Out of <laughs> I, I, I don't know what how how he did it, but uh, he he is here now, and um, I I think he's going to win personally. Now, for actress in a leading role, there's no there's no point in in uh, even talking about anybody but Kate no. Blanchett. So we can, <laughs> wait, no. So Blanchett. even even yeah. even the Michelle Yeoh narrative. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, Michelle yeah, Yeoh yeah, by but, a landslide. That's amazing. Sure, it's great that Michelle Yeoh got the nomination, but Kate Blanchett, Tar isn't going to win. Best but wait, Blanchett. but wait, wait. What if Kate and Michelle split the vote and then Andrea Riseborough? That's the mm. ironic win. Mm-hmm. No. For the ironic win, she gets it. No, and we're not talking about Michelle Williams at all, who was apparently like the anointed winner back in September. Oh, she I was mean, she was horrible. Andrea, <laughs> Andrea Riseborough is our new Meryl Streep. I think yeah, she she is pretty know. amazing. This yeah. is great that she got nominated. Yeah. Um, what is that movie? Has any of us seen that movie? Nope. What the hell is that? Not at all. To Leslie? To Leslie. Good lord. To Leslie. Also, to Leslie. Mandy. Also, let, let's. Oh, Mandy. Out. I mean, anything else she's in is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But let us point Even out that Matilda. Uh, she wasn't Matilda. You're right. She wasn't. Yeah. Matilda. Matilda's uh, mother. That's right. Um. There, so, uh, I mean, let's also point out that Anna de Armas uh, is nominated for Blonde, a, a movie that got more Razzie nominations than Oscar nominations. Mm. But she got, but I, I thought she I, was yeah. good, though, man. I thought she acquitted herself. It's like The Whale. She was like a very good actor in a very bad movie. Yeah. But, like, seriously, the, no Viola Davis in The Woman King, but we've got Anna Dyer's yeah. Blonde? What the hell? Mm. Uh, you're right. I don't, yeah. yeah sure. All right. But there's only five. You don't get ten. You don't get ten actors. You only get five. <laughs> you know, you should get ten actors. Why not just Twenty. Why not 40? Yeah. yeah, just open it 40 up. 40 films, man. 40 films. Uh, but I, I think Kate Blanchett is going to win. I mean, I, I just... I will bet you a game of pinball that Michelle Yeoh takes it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Michelle's going to get That's it. fine. That's fine. Um, Kate's got her gold. She's got two already. Yeah, she need three. She's going to get her third. All right, actress in a supporting... <laughs> <laughs> actress in a supporting role. That's also in a very interesting um, group. And, eclectic and just mm-hmm. Ange- Angela Bassett I think the first acting nominee a nominee ever from a Marvel movie from Black Panther Wakanda Forever Hong Chow Wait, from- no it wasn't Chadwick Chadwick Boseman wasn't oh, he nominated I don't remember possibly is, no I don't is know quite po- it is quite possible someone google that while we're talking um, Hong Chow for The Whale Carrie Condon from The Banshees in oh, Australia, who, delightful she was, delightful. He was fantastic Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Stephanie Sue. I'm standing for Stephanie I, I, I Sue. Lo- I did. I love I Stephanie Sue in that. What movie. is her character's name? The alternate name? Kopu Tabaki? Oh. Yeah, she my, was real, Maybe my favorite performance. I mean, I, I don't know if she is going to win, but I, I. That was my favorite of the five. I also really did like Carrie Condon. Yes. But really, Angela Bass? I kind of want Angela Bass to be good. I think it'd be amazing. I want Angela Bassett what? to get it for Angela Bassett, but I, I don't. Well, well, sure. That's kind of what she's doing there in that movie. Yeah. That she was just, you know, she she's was so good in that. She movie. was so, um, her performance was so uh, pitched at a level so much higher 
than the rest of the performances of that movie. Uh, 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 that's fair. You know, so it, it was. It wasn't. It was like they weren't even in doing the same, practicing the same art form. Honestly, yeah. so sure she could win. Um, my, it's hard. You know, it's funny. These are hard to predict these categories this year because there's a lot of good choices. Yeah, you know, a lot of good choices. I don't. I don't always feel that way. Um, I feel like Banshee. There's a there's a chance that they that the Banshees gets its award here. Uh, for Carrie Condon, interesting. For Carrie Condon, yeah. Well, it, it could, and again, this that's a movie that obviously is not going to win. Uh, it might win a screenplay, uh, yeah, award, but you know, it's not going to. It might get its sort of glamour awards uh, in the acting categories. It might win a couple. You know, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of good choices in that ensemble. Um, let's. We're not going to discuss all of the uh, categories because um, there's too many. But we can. I, animated feature film is always a fun one. Um, I mean, Stephen, you got you got to go with Guillermo. I like Pinocchio. Turning Red. Pinocchio. You like? Turning oh Red? yeah, I actually like Pinocchio. I like Pinocchio. I mean, I I enjoyed watching Turning Red more than I watched enjoyed watching Pinocchio, and the song right. the songs were way better in Turning you Red. Love this, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the songs are awful. <laughs> the songs in Pinocchio were just like that was some of the worst music I've ever heard in a movie. Um, I think it's really funny. That Jenny Slate got an Oscar nomination for Marcel mm-hmm. the Shell with the shoes on. I mean, my God, that's crazy! Uh, I have to say, I, I did not see that. Somebody joked that uh, they didn't see it because they quote have a shell allergy, which I was like, "Amen, brother." Yeah, I, it seems so twee. It was a little too twee for me. But did I? Yeah. See it? Did either of you like it? I've only heard good things. So I didn't see it because I the twee, I have a twee allergy as well. I just I couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. And I and I and I you know we neglected to cover at Book and Film Globe. One of my great regrets is that we've neglected to cover Puss in Boots, The Last Witch. <laughs> oh, you should have asked me. I would have covered it. Yeah, well, you know, Sarah, um, I'm, Not too I, late. I'm just a text away. Um, <laughs> anytime you want to go see Puss, a Puss in Boots movie, it's too late now. It's too late now. There's no, it, It's been out too long, but it's super successful. And apparently yeah. people love it. It's just, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. And then there's a movie called uh, The Sea Beast, which is actually an, just an animated uh, version of The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably like that better. I think I'd probably. But can like we that just we can agree that like it's definitely going to Pinocchio, right? It looks. I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of these. Full disclosure, but Pinocchio looks so so much more sophisticated than any of the other entries. That's. I would bet uh, bet a, a bo- my bottom dollar, and I only have one dollar, so I'm just going to bet it. <laughs> on, on Pinocchio. All right. Um, all right. All right. So we've got uh, directing. Directing is. A, I think that's one we should talk about. Uh, Martin McDonough for the Banshees. The Daniels, they're gonna they're gonna win. Daniels, the Daniels are gonna they, win for everything, yeah. everywhere, and all yeah. once. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're gonna beat Steve. Such a, such a difficult. I mean, like what an improbably wonderful thing that they pulled off. Yeah. Like that movie is so original, yeah. and I mean, it's it's really connected with people. They're yeah. they're gonna knock, they're gonna knock Spielberg on his ass. Todd Field for Tar, uh, Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness, a movie that was nominated. Uh, but the Daniels are, are certainly gonna win that, right? Yeah. Yep. It's gotta be yeah. Yeah, that's a, that that's an easy one in the Oscar pool. Um, uh, music, original song, no, no. Uh, as, as, original song, we got to talk about our it. original song. I mean, come on, all right, okay, original, original song, okay, scroll. Yeah, a whole new world from Aladdin. Wait, wait, wait no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I want to. Well, RRR. Gosh, I can't. We just say that is obviously going to be the best 
musical number on the show, bar yes. none. That will yes. go viral. That will be insane. Not, if they mess that up, is they're that, idiots. Is that the musical is, number where they're dancing and rescuing the girl? And uh, Yeah. Okay. All that. They're just actually just bonding more and more. It is such a bromance. And it's all about the two of those guys, like, hoofing it and smiling and looking at each other's la- eyes. Yeah. And I hope they actually get them to do it. Yeah. Because that would be oh, insane. God. Yeah, because the, the, nom- yeah, the other yeah. nominees are Lift Me Up from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which sounded like... Boring. Sounds like every other... Uh, it's, it might as well have been written by uh, Common. You know, it sounds like er- er- every other song. Um, yeah. Uh, totally. Applause from Tell It Like a Woman. What is that? What is Tell It Like a I, Woman? Who knows? Uh, hold my it's hand. Diane hold Warren. my hand from Top Gun Maverick. Music and lyrics by Lady Gaga and Blood Pop. No, but Lord, at no. least at last we'll get to see Lady Gaga perform at the Oscars. That'll be that'll be fresh. Um, yeah. And then and then David Burns. This is a life from Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is mm. a, a a good David Burns song. But um, no, come on. You know, but most of these yeah, are such. You know what? It pisses me off. Most of these are just like songs that were written that were tacked on during the end credits. They have no involvement in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. There's no point to it. You know, it's not like "Take My Breath Away." Hello, <laughs> that one, right? Didn't it? Did yeah, it? yeah, or uh, yeah. or or um, a whole new world. <laughs> this year's winner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year and every. There was a time. This there year. was a time with this. Yeah. You know, this year and every year. This wasn't. That's why well, not to not to. There was the year, not to, there not to, the year you know, the, the year the year that Shallow won for A Star Is Born. I mean, it's not like it's sometimes you know that was that was a that was, well, but that was part of the storytelling. It wasn't just a song they put on the end credits, yeah. man. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna now I'm gonna yeah, ask hold my that, hand when we're done. A song I'm gonna that have elicited to... an uh, um, Ezra Miller tantrum, no less. It provokes a lot of emotion. That's when we're done with this, I'm going to have to go listen to the bad lip reading parody of uh, Shallow uh, Chocolate. Oh, God. Chocolate Lagoon. I love that one. (laughs) One of my favorite uh, things ever. All right. Well, let's, let's, because we are um, a very sophisticated bunch who has seen a lot of movies, let's talk about uh, international feature film. Um, I've seen two of them out of the five. It's pretty good. Uh, but All Quiet on the Western Front um, got a nomination for Best Picture, but also Best International Picture, which is kind of strange. Um, I didn't, did either of you see that? I didn't see any you know, of them. I'm so sorry. I'm a Philistine. Did you? See- I have only I've only seen two of the five too. I mean, I've 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 tracked them all. I mean, I'm all very. I'm not surprised by any of these. You saw? E- I'm slightly surprised. I saw but EO. I'm surprised. I saw EO. Yeah, EO. That's a. That's well, why is Why is RRR not on this list? Oh, good question. Because it was not submitted by uh, India. Oh. India no submitted way. something else. Yes. And that's when the RRR guys got really aggressive, like, we got to go for Best Picture and Best Director because it didn't go for international. So That's been I don't know. It's strange. Uh, I mean, All Quiet, like, I think is is apparently a very good film. It is. I, it like, is. I it is. It's good. Toronto. It's good. It's like reading an, uh, it's like reading a depressing World War One novel. But I think it's also like, yeah, exactly. It's good. It's I think good. with... All Quiet has Netflix money behind it. Argentina has uh, Amazon money behind it. Ah. Um, I think the ones that are actually, you know, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad, but it does explain. Is, is the Argentina movie? They, about, is the Argentina movie about like uh, Desaparecidos, about missing people? Is it like a, is it, or is, is it, is there, was there something else going on in Argentina in 1985 that I don't know about? 
I have no idea. Oh. Yeah, I assume that's what the plot line was. The New Yorker, the New Yorker no, podcast, they'd seen all of these. And we, we saw EO, though. We saw EO, Steven, right? You and I. Oh, God. Tell me about it. EO just seemed like two hours of abuse of a donkey. Donkey, por- donkey, donkey torture. Yeah. And, and really, like, this was the year. Two, two, two major movies featured a lot yeah. of uh, sad donkey action. Sad donkeys, yeah. Yeah. I just want to have – well, it, you know, it's making up for, for the, the Shrek glut. Of the aughts. <laughs> well, they, exactly. Yeah, the, the 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 narrative arc of Banshees, that poor donkey chokes on a finger. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. And then uh, this other donkey gets uh, slaughtered in, uh, what you call it? Triangle of Sadness. There's a little... Oh, that's right. It's a three-donkey year. Oh and that's a lot of donkey abuse. They've got to bring back Eddie Murphy for an animated bit on the Oscars. <laughs> I know they did, actually, right? They will miss that a trick if funny. they don't do that. Yeah. That would be fun. I've never seen so much, so much donkey murder in my life. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. And so uh, real quick, let's say um, vi- visual effects. That's the Avatar. That's the Avatar. Oscar. Avatar, yeah. That's the Avatar Oscar. Wait, unless yeah. it's a Maverick thing. I mean, I think Maverick's mm. going to do really well below the line. I think Maverick will probably win like five Oscars. Well, like for sound, for like sound. Yeah. sound all the others, sure. you know. Yeah, it's the Mad Max Fury Road, you know, kind of angle. Like, it'll get a lot well, of well, What's it going to win? Craft is amazing. It's not going to win. You know, it's, it's for sound. Film, I editing, think sound, editing, visual effects. Editing. Editing. Yeah, editing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. I didn't it, Costume design. Costume <laughs> no, design. It didn't, get, it didn't get nominated for costume design. There All should right. be a, a category for bonkers, like, lead character stunts. And then Tom Cruise could just win it every year. Right, exactly. Best exactly. movie Miles Teller was in. Mm. <laughs> so wait, wait, what is what is Elvis definitely going to get? Production design, like Catherine Martin yet again getting an Oscar for designing a Baz Luhrmann movie. That, that's. I mean, she did an amazing job. I don't know. Yeah. Is Elvis going to get anything? Mm. I don't know. Why isn't Elvis nominated for best song? <laughs> oh, that's good. A score. It's got to be in a music because it's got to. It's got to be an original song written for the movie. Oh, I think that's. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sorry that Elvis didn't feature "Lift Me Up" music by Thames, Rihanna, Ryan Coogler, and Luke Borenson. And and Diane Warren. (laughs) They should have gotten Diane Warren to write an Elvis song. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right, that's the Oscars. (laughs) They're coming. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is Jimmy Kimmel is hosting, which isn't isn't real appealing, but uh, you know that's it's 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 a a a relatively uh, safe choice i guess relatively safe relatively yeah, safe exactly. he he has all, he has all the right political opinions so he won't get slapped right. by anybody it's if you ask me, i mean he should bring, oh. back, bring back gerard carmichael to to bum out everybody oh, that was the again weirdest. no thank you he's I great i really he enjoyed never, it oh. he should never host another so show dry. oh i loved it i loved no, it. It, was, it was annoying is bob hope still alive <laughs> We'll get a hologram of Bob Hope. We'll get an AI to do Bob Hope's voice with Hitler. <laughs> Bob Hope and Hitler can host. Right. Bob Hope and Gerard and, sharing this. All right, but, but, <laughs> but let's um let's circle back and let's just say again. I mean, you know, the the percentage of the population that we know that gives a shit about the Oscars is much higher than the percentage of the population at large. But I will say again that if you look at this year's nominees, this is has a chance to be a more popular program than in past years. I think. So. Oh my God. It's best chance in years. You know, yeah. it is. It is, And it also is a nice indication. You know, we, we were, it was very gloomy there at, at the cinema 
for a few years. And like, clearly, you know, tw- tw- first of all, 2023, the movies, I- I've been having a very good time with the movies. I've seen a wide variety of things. Um, and it looks to be, you know, it's the year of cocaine bear and Megan. I mean, so you can't really go wrong. So obviously the top front runners for next year's Oscars are already out there in those two. Yeah, uh, it's looking good. But but I'm just saying, like this is a, to me, it feels it feels good. It feels like the movies movies are movies are back. If they're back. I'm feeling good about them. <laughs> I'm happy to be hosting the leading. Uh, enter- this is the now the um one of the top uh, entertainment podcasts in Sweden and Taiwan and Canada. We did it, of course! Yay! Yeah, we did it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So uh, they said it couldn't be done. So people, uh, people of uh, of Stockholm and other cities in Sweden uh, that I can't think of right now, uh, Gothenburg, uh, people of Taipei, people of Ottawa and Vancouver <laughs> and uh, and Manitoba, use our suggestions when you're filling out your Oscar pool this year. You can't go wrong. <laughs> exactly. This welcome. has been the Book and Film Globe podcast. 2023 Oscar special starring Sarah Stewart, Stephen Garrett, and me, Neil Pollock. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. knock who's there mickey mouse's underwear or is it knock at the cabin the new movie from m night Shyamalan, adapted from a i guess it was a best-selling novel by paul tremblay it's now in theaters stephen garrett reviewed it this week Hello. and he, he he hasn't been sitting around in my computer since we had our oscar conversation this is a, being recorded <laughs> on a different day and stephen is but he's always ready i actually saw this movie this day as we're talking about it and Steven saw it this week and here he is. Hello. Hello. Was this really a best selling novel? Like I don't, best I, selling. I, I, well, I don't know. I, I knew about it because we cover a lot of horror on a uh, book and film globe. So it's, it, okay. it's a book that we've covered and we've featured an interview with the author and he gets mentioned. Oh. He's part of this community that we cover a lot. So it just felt very familiar to me. Um, and and he's like, you know, and it's just something I saw written up a lot on Twitter. Anyway, all right, but here I, we I, are. Here, here is a movie. Did the, did the book, incidentally, have more teeth than the film? Because I felt the film was kind of like, pull some punches, and, and the book ends differently, right? I did That's not read it, so I don't know. Oh, all right. Okay. I do not right. know. I only can describe the film, and here is how I would describe it. <laughs> Two gay dads with yeah. an adopted Chinese daughter Wait, is this still a joke? Is this a joke? No, that's actually the, the, oh, okay. the movie. Right. <laughs> you, know, you saw it. Two gay dads with an adopted Chinese daughter experience in the course of a day climate change, homophobia, a pandemic, and terrorism, essentially, which is what the airplane crashes represented, and must make a heroic sacrifice to save what remains of humanity. Right. I mean, worst day ever. Worst yeah. day ever. And it all just happened so fast. 
And, you know, and, and they're reviewing this on cable TV from this vacation cabin, which appears to be, if you look, if the end shot is to be, be believed, about 40 miles away from downtown Philadelphia. <laughs> but, which but, tracks, it's middle, it's but it's in the middle of the woods somehow. Right. Uh, let me totally tell you, true. let me tell you, I lived in Philadelphia. There's no middle of the woods 40 miles away. That's called the suburbs. Okay. <laughs> So they're in the suburbs, but happen to be in the woods. Yeah, and you know, and then these like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, essentially led by Dave Bautista. But also not really, right? Like they're the anti four horsemen, or like they, they mostly represent so- good good character. They're all good people, except for the guy who played Ron Weasley, <laughs> <laughs> who apparently is malice. Who's malice? Who's like a, a bitter, angry, drunken homophobe? Um, who right. committed who committed a horrifying assault at a previous like, time on one of the dads? May or may not be that guy. Or we probably was though. They, it, the, yeah. Because he saw his driver's license at the end. Anyway, the, the, yeah. the movie is. I mean, pre- preposterous even by M Night Shyamalan standards. And this is an M Night Shyamalan joint through and through. Is is just preposterous, especially because there's not really a twist. Like. Everything that is described is actually what's happening, apparently. Yeah, it's the most upfront movie he's ever made. Right. But I guess, like, you know, for me, like, I'm so sick of apocalypse narratives. You know, we're all, (laughs) there's always a plague. There's always a climate crisis. There's always a zombie outbreak. There's always, you know, killer mushrooms on HBO, whatever. You know, it's like, and this movie just, like, takes all the neuroses that, to me, everybody who's on Twitter too much experiences every day and just channels it into this bizarrely overwrought narrative. Right. right. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's my opinion, what, I mean, Stephen. No, I think it's a valid one. And, and honestly, this whole movie made me think, while I was watching it, why did he want to make this movie? Like, what What was the intent? What? What's the... Because clearly it's... It works more metaphorically than literally because it's an absurd premise. Um, The premise being that for people who consider themselves um, touched by God or full of visions about how to save the world from the apocalypse, and then they basically home invade this cabin in the woods where there are two gay parents and their their adopted daughter, and uh, basically tell them they have to sacrifice one of their own in order to save the world. Uh, and in the meantime, they're going to create some, they're, they're going to commit, uh, really pretty astonishing acts of violence, uh, until they, until this captive family decides what to do. And I, I felt actually that was the most interesting part of it because it really wasn't like, we are going to come and hurt you. It was more like, we are going to basically hurt ourselves until you decide to hurt yourself, which is a kind of intriguing thing. That's why I actually didn't completely hate the movie. I kind of like that originality, but, but this seems to be more a movie about anxiety than about um, telling any sort of coherent story. It just seems to be about sensation. It's a movie about anxiety about the apocalypse, which in my mind, which is all that anybody in sort of um, writerly circles seems to, 
seems to feel these days. Like every other novel I read, a literary novel is about some sort of apocalypse or post-apocalypse or we yeah. ignored the pandemic or we didn't, you know, we, we said, oh, there's not going to be a tidal wave. Don't look up, blah, blah. You know, there's always like, and, and, and all the people who are smart are trying to warn the rest of us that we're being stupid. And so this movie to me is like, just like the id of that. It's just like the, the ultimate expression of that in, in every possible way. Um, and it just, it drove me crazy to watch. The one thing I will say in uh, not, well, first of all, I felt like, you know, even though it's, it, 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 I found it very stupid, I did kind of enjoy the way <laughs> M, M. Night Shyamalan built tension. You know, it wasn't like, it, it wasn't a, a directorial disaster. It's just the material was so crazy. I, I also really enjoyed Dave Bautista's performance. As yeah, the, me too. As the head of the Four Horsemen. He really, he plays this kind of, he, he's in a behemoth of a man, former professional wrestler, you know, Drax the Destroyer from the Guardians of the Galaxy, just built like a wall. He plays Amen. this kind of mild-mannered school teacher. Yeah. Bizarre. I think he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, uh, a coach of some kind. Like, yeah, he's right? like a coach. Like he's a basketball coach. coach. A great, a great school basketball coach. That's and right. he gave an extraordinary, I thought, a very sensitive and yeah. performance. <laughs> I know? totally agree. I thought it was kind of astonishing. I, I, I really enjoyed This is why, I mean, like, I couldn't hate this movie because Dave Batista was giving this really intriguing performance. Um, there were uh, definitely uh, little moments in the film that I did not see coming that really surprised me in a really wonderful way. Um, and, and also M. Night Shyamalan is an incredibly talented director of suspenseful moments. I think he knows how to milk, uh, you know, time in a way that is very, uh, you know, uh, dread filled and, um, you know, full of anxiety. And, and I really enjoyed that, uh, moment to moment. But, you know, after, after a spell, I just was looking at this movie, like, what is the point of this movie? What is this trying to say? What am I supposed to feel about this movie? Cause I feel numb more than anything else. I just think, you know, it just it continue. It's just feeding this constant complaint I have about this sort of NPR apocalypse that uh, <laughs> what, what, what I call. I realize that M. Night Shyamalan and Knock at the Cabin, these aren't really NPR products. I mean, this is like a open broadly. This isn't an art film. You know, this is a mainstream studio release. But the mindset that it comes from is the sort of our, our, our um, nervous chattering classes, they're, 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 they're worried, they're traumatized by various, right. by, by, by Donald Trump and by COVID-19 and by, you know, the weather. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And whatever, war in the Ukraine. And so where we're seeing this like thunderstorm of cultural products being rained upon us that tell us the world is ending um, and, uh, you know, and I just, I personally don't believe the world is ending. I don't know about you and it doesn't, you know, um, so, you know, I, I, I just found this movie just be sort of like an archetypally stupid example of a genre. <laughs> um, but I do agree with you that there were some very well crafted moments of suspense. Um, and none of the performances were total dogs, you know, and, um, and, Dave Bautista himself, I'm like, oh, wait, he can actually act. How, yeah. 
How very, very strange. Considering that this year, in the last year, we've seen him in Glass Onion. And also, yep. as, as Drax the Destroyer, there's going to be a new Guardians movie and also in the Christmas special. Very, very broad. The guy's got actually got some range. Like, he's a much better actor than The Rock. Who knew? He's got, yeah, yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and hopefully, like, you know, in Dune Part 1, you know, he plays oh, yeah, Dune, an interesting yeah. character. Yeah. So Part 2, you know, that's coming out, I think, later this year, right? Or is it next year? Yeah. The, the uh, I don't know, then soon. I think next year. But, so. but regardless, yeah, it's like, okay, Dave Bautista. Why, why not? Hey, look, if Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto can win Academy Awards, <laughs> yes, Dave Bautista as... Who is he going to play? Who is he going to play yeah. that's going to win him the Oscar? I don't Willie know. Willie Loman. Willie Loman. Yeah, Dave Bautista's Death of a Salesman coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> Knock at the Cabin is out now. You, If you could just see the Dave Bautista scenes. Well, I guess that's probably most of the movie. So just, whatever. Make, make your own judgment. Just know that uh, you take it from me, Neil Pollock. The world is not coming to an end. Yeah. Oh, it sure felt like it this week as, as like the ice like collapsed trees all around my house. <laughs> I kept expecting. I kept expecting and here in Austin. I kept expecting Dave Bautista to knock at the door and telling me I, I had to, would have to sacrifice one of my dogs to stop the storm or something. <laughs> that's not what happened. That's not. It was much don't, more. Don't deny reality, man. That's what's yeah. happening. We're surrounded uh, by yeah, signs my, of the cabin. Knock at the, knock at the cabin was my punishment. All right, Stephen. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, thanks, Stephen. Knock at the Cabin is in theaters now and will be on streaming very soon. And also thanks to Sarah Stewart for joining Stephen and I to talk about this year's Oscars, who we think is going to win, who we think is going to lose. And once again, let me reiterate, I think there should be a runner-up award for each category. That would really add some spice. They can get like a, a silver Oscar as opposed to the gold Oscar. That's, that's my idea. I'm Neil Pollack. I'm the editor-in-chief of Book and Film Globe www.bookandfilmglobe.com We cover the worlds of books and film and streaming TV and much more. We will be back next week with more Red Hot Podcast Entertainment. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.